Norris knocks out a fifth. TJ ain't letting anyone quit. Champs are referred to, but not seen. The full burner experience has had a balance beam, potentially ruins Corey's chances to win. And in the end, only one vampire can stand above the rest as the new champion is crowned. It's the challenge. Battle for a new champion, episode 19. We've made it. The finale recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me tonight on this Wednesday night, a third of a year later, 20 weeks later, more than almost half a year. My goodness, this season has been on a very, very long time, but 19 episodes plus a launch special later. We are here. We have crowned a winner, only one, which, you know, we're still not feeling great about 20 weeks later, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it all. We're here to discuss the finale, part two of the final episode 19 in all of its glory happenings in all of its existence we're covering it all in just the second part of the finale tonight just episode 19 we will of course come back then next week on wednesday or thursday pending some scheduling things with a season recap and awards look for that more than likely on Thursday of next week, probably Thursday morning. We'll maybe record it on Wednesday evening. Then we'll also be doing a reunion recap if necessary. It looks like it's going to be pretty good. And from the sounds of it, there was a lot that went down. So we'll probably be doing one of those as well. It's going to be a two-part reunion. So next week, we'll do the season recap and awards. The following week, we'll cover both of the reunions and anything that went down there. Maybe we'll throw in some home turf there. Maybe we'll cover all of the home turf episodes in one podcast, the following week after that we shall see but that's what's coming up and then we will have a little bit of a break before hopefully fingers crossed we get sometime next month an all-stars for uh not just announcement but a reveal a premiere an episode get to watch it and we'll of course cover that in the meantime in between those i promise to get some different historical context type of challenge content coming your way to be determined what that is or will look like but it will be coming as will some form or fashion of survivor coverage next week survivor 46 premieres and uh, me and my good friend Tony will be covering it to some degree. I don't know if it'll be every single week, every other week, once in a while, check in here, there. I, we haven't totally determined that yet. We will get that determined in the very, very near future because, again, the, the show premieres next week. And we will for sure be covering the premiere episode, and then we'll see what the cadence is after that. So look for that for you Survivor fans out there and for you challenge-only folks like I used to be and still sometimes feel like it sometimes. We will give you some additional challenge content between seasons here. I promise you that. As for tonight, the agenda some quick thoughts first on, I'm not going to do a regular walk through the episode. I'm going to do one big portion first that is just about the format and things I liked and didn't like about how they produced the final, what they actually had to do, this, that, and the other. And then I am going to hit some other storylines that were the biggest ideas, the biggest thoughts, the biggest you know things I personally felt coming out of this episode. 
And uh, those will allow us to also pretty much touch on each of the individual players that were in the final at some point. So that's what it's going to look like. We'll do some quick awards at the end. Obviously, no power rankings or predictions. So this one will be a little bit of a quicker pod. Maybe. We'll see. I've said that before. And more often than not, it's not. It's always around the same end length of time. But we'll see what we can do for now. Thank you, as always, for being here. Love you. Appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, trying to get the YouTube subscribers up a little bit. If you're just listening on audio, but you have, you've been on YouTube before in your life, feel free, do me a big favor. We've gone through 20 episodes of this season before, and who knows how long you've been here listening. A lot of you have been very dedicated, and I can't thank you enough. Feel free, though, hop on over, just click that little subscribe on YouTube. Even if you never go on YouTube, it'll help. It'll get me to a higher number where I can maybe do some bigger things with that channel. So do that. Thank you for listening. Let's dive in. Episode 19, BFAG. Here we go. So let's cover the format. Let's cover more or less what happens here and what they had to go through. And then again, like I said, we'll then come back after that and talk three or four high level storyline types of things, big, bold opinions that I have coming out of this final that will help us touch on each of the players individually here. So this is just a bunch of smattering, if you will, of different little opinions about the format and kind of how the structure and just how the final actually took place. First one, redoing the game is cool. If the game is one straightforward thing, and you know, it's like we redo the dailies and we redo the limbs. The dual two is one of those seasons I think did this incredibly well, where straightforward format the entire season long. And then the final was a pretty long endurance heavy final, but they had to kind of redo a lot of the eliminations and daily challenge as things from that season. And I really liked that format. So this one here, I like that they're redoing all the parts of the game. It just felt a little bit too much, especially things like in this episode, we get the draw, just letting Nerese pick. Uh, I, I'm glad they didn't bring the champion. I said that on last week. I was hoping they wouldn't bring a champion randomly to do some very silly elimination. Glad that didn't happen, but just let her pick. Next thing, the puzzle, speaking of her picking, the puzzle Nerese and Maria does is very cool, and I liked it a lot. And as far as if you're going to have a very quick puzzle elimination in the middle of a final where you're like, we can't really do anything physical, because that would be such an unfair advantage, even for the winner here to continue running a final. It's got to just be some super short thing. I I personally, I don't like these at all. You know, it, there's been a bunch of them now in the last handful of seasons. I always like think of the one like on total madness when bananas beats Rogan in a, okay, you both stand 20 feet away from that bell. And when we say go, you run and you hit that bell and first to jump and hit that bell wins. And the other one goes home and it's like, this is literally 10 seconds long. What, what is even happening here? This one takes a little longer than 10 seconds. And again, I love this puzzle that they pick. So if you have to have a quick puzzle-based elimination in the middle of the final, I want this one. I want this puzzle. It's the best possible pick. I just don't think you need that. So yeah, I just, I, I love anyone going home on such quick eliminations puzzles. Uh, excuse me. I don't, I'm not sure that I do. I don't even even though Mariah wasn't adding much for me here this season or in the final, I don't want, I don't really want to see anyone go home based on this, you know, quick little puzzle thing. Next thing, staying up all night. Speaking of things I don't love and things that are completely unnecessary, staying up all night does nothing for the show. I don't think there's any benefits at all to the show at all, at all. That's there. There's nothing more to say beyond at all. So I'll leave it kind of at that. 
it does make it harder for them. Obviously, their whole goal here is like the, the the harder we can make this, the more delirious we can make this, the more challenges we throw at you to get to make it so impressive that you can get to the end, that you can do a Sudoku puzzle, you know, 36 hours into being awake, into running and jumping and carrying and fighting and puzzling and all the other things. I get it, but it, it doesn't, it visually isn't that interesting. We just get a little montage of them trying to stay awake. And I think you should just give them the task that is tedious and annoying, just like the task they gave them. The task they gave them was perfect and say, when you finish it, you can go to sleep, go. And then there is incentive for them to actually try and finish it. Where in this version, there wasn't. If I'm them, and I think Corey uh, was, you know, live tweeting during the finale, he came out and said, you know, I really wasn't trying to go fast because it was easier to stay awake if you were doing this tedious, boring ass puzzle versus just sitting. And that's exactly how I would have taken it. But like, all right, I'll. I'll let this thing take the entire night, like whatever. If I have to stay awake, I'd rather have an activity to do so. So instead, incentivize them to try to do it faster, make that sabotage matter more. Let them sleep on the rocks with a blanket and a pillow. It'll be okay if they get four hours sleep, five hours sleep. I'm good with that. I'd like to see them slightly more fresh, have a shot at running at their full speeds and you know operating at their full speeds during the second part of a final. Next thing, I thought TJ was going to say, <laughs> when TJ pulls up on the boat, and he's just stays out on the boat. I thought he was just going to out of nowhere be like, okay, last, last one to the boat. You're eliminated purge right now. Everyone's swimming to me, go and just blow the horn. That would have been totally unfair, but it would have been wild and funny and pretty hilarious. And that's what I thought was going to happen. And uh, it's probably a good thing that it didn't next thing though. What did happen? They had to swim to the Island and do three checkpoints out on the Island. And I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a really great design. I'm a sucker for the break walls. Big fan of break walls. Chicago, where I am based out of, has some fantastic ones. I kayak out to them, walk around on them. They're really beautiful, really great setting. And thought the entire setting of this final, and really of the season, but especially this final, Croatia, just beautiful. Setting was amazing. And this could be a reoccurring location. If they're filming in the summer, I'm good with them just going to Croatia over and over and over. Find a slightly better house, but really loved the setting. And I really loved the whole swim to the island, run the, you know, the basically run the uh, around the entire island, do the three checkpoints, and then come back out where you started as the finish line. I thought that was really cool and it was really great design. The only thing it did make me think of is didn't at the beginning of this, they say they were going to have to run like 26 miles or something. I don't think they ran a full marathon over the course of the two days. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I, I didn't really keep that great a track, but it didn't feel like they did as much running as possible. Not that I'm saying this wasn't incredibly difficult or diff like it was plenty difficult enough for me to be happy and content as a fan. I don't need these to be War of the Worlds 1 run of ultra marathon in the middle of the desert and do some puzzles and stuff at the same time. I don't need that. Um, this was plenty good enough for me. It just, I, I was reminded as they finished up, I was like, wait a minute, did they say that? Or am I sounding really ridiculous on my podcast right now for thinking that they said that when they maybe didn't, who knows? Anyways, super puzzle heavy final. I really enjoyed that it ends at the five puzzle station that is the exact same, you know, in a bigger format, five versus three, but is the same as the puzzles in the setup that Norris went through in the or the uh, conquest eliminations. I wanted to say exile eliminations there for a second, but 
I thought that was a really great way to give an advantage to, you know, it works out that there was one person who went into multiple of those in one and is back. So she has a lot of experience, but I think that's a proper advantage to give someone of like, Hey, if only one, you know, it worked out. One of you here had to go into those and the rest of you didn't. So that person had a harder path here as far as who she had to beat, how many things she had to win with her life in the game on the line. And so she gets an advantage of having done these under pressure before. I think that's a really, really good element to have. And I loved the way that kind of wrapped up and worked out. And overall, I just thought the final was really well thought out, the right level of difficulty. The only opposition is maybe, again, I don't, I don't love the eliminations in a final. I don't love having them stay up all night, but those, those kind of seem like staples at this point. So I just kind of have to maybe get over that and be okay with that. But overall, I thought they did a really well-produced final, which is always, you know, we're, we, we hold our breaths a little bit around here of if, you know, how, how production just is going to handle the operation of the thing. Thought they nailed it. Thought it was a well-oiled machine, a really well-scripted final, a really well-laid-out, the whole thing. Liked it a lot. Couple small critiques. Maybe they'll remove those things in the future. Probably not. But overall, loved the final. Now, to a couple of the big storylines. Now that we covered just format stuff, operational things, let's talk about who actually got what place how everyone did and a couple big thoughts we have coming out of this. And there's really, there's four of these that we're going to go through one at a time. The first one has to do with Corey, but it really has to do with TJ. And that is that TJ found the proper middle ground. It has been a thing for us longtime challenge fans that we have watched the evolution of the TJ hates quitters saga if you will storyline if you will it is one of the longest running if not maybe the longest running i mean ct and bananas uh ct was around pre-tj so i guess his his storyline is technically longer but it's one of the longest running storylines in the world of the challenges that tj hates quitters and that in our more modern days in our you know present day he has had to tamper that down at different times and has had to, you know, as the show has gotten a little kinder, a little softer around the edges, mostly in very good and necessary and appropriate ways and tried to treat people a little better and differently than it maybe did in the past and maybe take more serious the mental harm, especially that is potentially done to these cast members for being in this situation, being in these house. And so, you know, there was naturally some times where the more you talk about mental health and how important it is on a program and on a network and everything else, you couldn't have TJ just, you know, yelling at people that quit for mental health reasons. It became a kind of weird thing. And we kind of, for a moment there, felt like we lost TJ's hatred for quitters. And we had to, you know, he kind of had to wrestle with like, how do I still get to tell someone that I think it's they're a loser for quitting, but also be respectful and do it in the right way and everything. And there's been some moments where he's let that old TJ out. There's been some other moments where it's like, wait a minute, where TJ, come on, TJ, you know, we've, we've, we've known after the fact, like he definitely wanted to say something there. Right. And they told him he needed to say something else, or maybe he did. And they didn't show that. But in this episode, he has done it. He has come full circle and he's found the exact middle ground, the exact right way to do this. We get the near quit from Corey, probably the moment of the episode. We'll hand out that award at the end of the podcast here. 
but a near quit from Corey. He wants to quit. He's, you know, deprived of sleep, of food. His body's been shutting down. And now he's got to face his big fear of heights. And in the in one of the harder way to do it, you know, to be fair, of the face forward repel, where you like truly are kind of just falling down the side of a cliff, more or less. Um, and so under if he was, you know, fresh as the daisy, just woke up, had a great breakfast, uh, you're gonna go out and do this. Probably would be pretty difficult for someone who's super scared of heights, but in the current circumstances, it clearly was very difficult. Wants to quit. Seems like he might have if it wasn't for TJ. Finally finding that line between hating quitters and being family friendly enough and kind enough for our modern times and for producers and for them to be able to show it. He nails you know, he's, he's lighthearted. There's some laughter. There's very much, look, I'm your friend and I'm just kind of busting your balls here vibe to it. But he is able to tell Corey straight up in, in no less words, really, you're not allowed to quit. Get the fuck out there. Like, come on, what are you doing? This is a baby hill. Get out there. No, you're not quitting. Corey, you can do it. Come on, dude. You're do And it's just, it's fantastic. He, and it starts with the, you know how I feel about quitters. And then you kind of, I felt like for a half second, that was all we were going to get. And then Corey was either going to quit or not quit. And then it was so much more, all the back and forth, the, will you come save me? And TJ being like, yeah, I will come out there. If you get stuck, I will come save you. All of it was amazing. It's been a long transition as TJ had to figure out how he was allowed to hate quitters while respecting mental health. What was the appropriate approach to that? How could you read each situation and find that line to walk, to push people without pushing them in an unfair way? I'm proud of the stage he has reached, and this moment was super, super enjoyable, which brings us obviously to Corey, who I found super duper enjoyable. The entire season long came in as one of my three faves, obviously, that I was rooting for. The last one standing of my three favorites, the only one not to get purged right near the end. It still, still hurts thinking about Ed and Michelle, but Corey had a great season, and he had a shot to win. He had a real shot to win. I kind of thought he was going to get it done there right at the end. The balance beam... Definitely at fault. The balance beam, we're going to have to work on that one. And is one of those great little elements where you think of all of all of you know those little little elements they throw and it's not just the puzzle the five puzzles at the end it's the five puzzles plus the five obstacles you have to go through and for some you know jumping over the big blocks is no problem but for Nerese who's a lot shorter she's like it doesn't take her that much longer but she does have to physically kind of like roll up on top of it and roll down versus a manuel who just literally hops on the first one and then jump 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 across all the way down same as a balance beam can be this weird little thing where suddenly the one guy in the house who's six foot something and you know a hundred pounds of muscle stacked on top of him and a little top heavy and just bigger more wobbly and so a balance beam becomes really difficult so it's interesting to see how the little elements could be when you remember back you know zara not thinking through the mud and then climbing over the wall and suddenly the climbing over the wall is super difficult so those little things can trip people up this one definitely tripped him up and uh but but it was also you know it's fun the the balance beam montage they do was fun it wasn't strictly because of the balance beam though Emmanuel was a little faster at every single part of day two not just from Corey but from everyone we'll cover him in a moment but uh it wasn't just the balance beam but it, it, it was a lot the balance beam at the air I thought he had a chance a great season for him great representation again getting a gay man back in the final for the first time in a very long time 
the only thing I ask going into next season, please give us more than one or two gay men on a given season for, which would also be a first in quite a long time. I think uh, we maybe had three, uh, but I can't remember, but you know, specifically while I'm here, if they're not going to do champs for 40 and they're still figuring out the casting right now, as we record here, then give me Corey, give me Nathan from UK, give me Connor from Australia, give me Jack from Ryder dies, and then throw a, massive amount of money at Tyler Duckworth to get him to quit teaching so he can have long enough off to shoot a full season of the flagship. Put those five in the house and watch the ratings go way, way up. Good job, Corey. Thought you were going to get it. Thought one of my favorites was going to pull it out in the end, but it was not to be. Next thing then isn't really a thought. It's just a quick because otherwise I won't speak about them. Mariah, Berna, and Colleen. Berna's entertaining and dramatic. Um, so she was a plus for the final. She was a plus for the season for sure. And watching her be the only one, you know, everyone else got used to those drinks pretty quickly and was like, actually, these are potentially helpful and it's fine by the third or fourth one. It's fine. No problem. They don't, we didn't even have to see anyone drink. I think the last one other than Berna, which was the only reason we knew they had to is because Berna's still struggling along with these, but she does, she overcomes and she chugs it down. So good job her. She was entertaining. I enjoyed watching her in the final and, she did get that right there at the end. It was like, wait a minute. Would this be the craziest ending and champion ever if Berna, after all of this, like this, it would have been, it, it just would have been unbelievable. But she, she was right there. She was on the verge of the unbelievable. Everyone got to four, which is very, very impressive there right at the end. But uh, Mar Mariah and Colleen, those two on the other hand, didn't really give me anything all season long, even with one of them being holodict the whole season the other one being in a love triangle of everyone cheating uh or assisting a man in cheating uh being i don't know what you call the person who is i don't know if there's a proper term for that i guess you're just cheating too and i don't know obviously i'm not up with the lingo and everything's but she was one of the three people sleeping with Emmanuel who had a girlfriend at home even with all of that um uh, i didn't really didn't really get a lot you know, uh, Narice reads Colleen the riot act uh, a bit, which I loved when she's sabotaging her of like, you were the one that I did kind of have your back as one of the other floaters. And you had the chance over and over and over to flip to our side and change the game. And you didn't do it any single time. And I thought that moment was really fun, but that was a Narice moment. So while both seem like great people, uh, and I do still want to, I still want to watch Colleen's mole season. Cause I, I, I loved the mole when I was uh, young and it was on here in the States and I would be interested in watching the, uh, the reboot, even the German one to see Colleen Moline in action, but, uh, no need for invites back for the two of them at this point. Now to the two big, big, big storylines. First up, they effed up big time. They effed up so bad. Nerys should be a champion. Why did they do this to themselves? Why did they do this to themselves? Why was there only one individual winner? We were, you know, we knew I was going to, we we knew we'd be having this discussion no matter what at the end of the season, no matter who would have won, who got second, anything else. It, it just, it would have been this way. It didn't make sense from the start. It doesn't make sense now. It was worst case scenario by the end of the season as far as Norris being the one that gets second after everything that's went down and the star that she has become in front of our eyes. And then she is the one that should have if they just would have stuck with one male, one female winner would have been a challenge champion right now. 
there was every incentive for them to have two new champions. There was, they're doing this whole idea was let's build up some new champions. Let's build up some new characters. Let's build up some new stars to try to rev some life back into this franchise that doesn't have to any longer rely on dudes and gals in their forties who have done 20 plus seasons of the show to keep coming back and keep our interest and keep us entertained. And if that's the goal, which is the whole goal of the season it never made sense to not have two champions. Just, why not? Just double it up. It's already slim pickings when it comes to like recent champions. That's the, one of the main reasons, but the main reason that season 40 won't be a champions only season is because there's not enough to pick from because yeah, bananas and CT and Jordan won like all of them on the men's side, but also like there's only been one champion, a couple of recent seasons. There's only been two champions, one male, one female, multiple recent seasons, and you've had multiple time winners over those. And suddenly it's like, we have Tori Casey and Amber on the women's side and Jenny, who you seemingly won't bring back in other than an alternate to tell no, thank you. After she dominated in one, potentially some theorize what was maybe supposed to have been an individual final, uh, and an individual winner back on total madness, but every incentive and they don't do it. Norris should be a champion. They effed up big time. They got so lucky way back when, when Cara won Vendettas. I think if Zach would have won Vendettas, we wouldn't have seen solo champions ever again. But because Cara won, and it was such a big deal, and it was so perfect, it was it was as perfect, not quite as perfect, because it wasn't, the buildup was across many, many seasons versus right in that one season. But it was very similar to, if Norris would have won this one, it would have been like, oh my goodness, the biggest star in the show just got crowned like this is how well this worked out that's what happened on vendettas if it didn't happen i don't know if they ever do it again and then they do it again in turbo wins on war of the worlds and they don't learn from that they do you know a solo champ and the guy who wins can't carry the franchise in any way and is maybe someone you don't want on the franchise in any way and uh yeah we don't get a female winner we already don't have enough champs as we said and so it was a mistake and now they double down and they make the mistake and it they it's it's so impactful now is Norris the biggest challenge star we've gotten in a long time yes I will do the math on how long uh you know for the season recap like when the last time we had someone rise to such stardom so quickly across the season as Norris has done here I'll do that math maybe for next week's pod but yes massive star the likes of which we haven't seen in quite some time would that have changed at all would that have been you know built up even more if she was the champion Instead of second in the kind of quote, like in context, we'll all call her a champion, but technically she's not. Yes, it would have been even crazier, even higher. And she might be in the running for one of the most impressive seasons ever. If we would be able to say she is the champion full stop at the end of this season, which she is for my books and a lot of people's books, but we'll always have to add in the context. Well, she was the first female to finish second overall kind of a champion but technically not we'll always have to state that and it'll be a super annoying it's the same as we have to do for john a right now of like should be the back to back to back all-stars champion but there was only one winner on all-stars one another time where it was like what what was the point of that why why not two two it just didn't make sense she performed great in the final when emmanuel left the sudoku board i thought Norris had it in the bag that moment he gets there way before everyone he struggles in sudoku i'm like wait a minute doors open and when they get there 
and suddenly he is behind and Norris and Corey are in first. I'm like, she's done these. She's especially the one, the blocks one seems so hard and she's good at Sudoku. Those are the two hard ones. Those are the ones going to trip everyone up. She's got that. She's going to win. This is going to be the true epic, unbelievable ending and story. And then it just doesn't quite happen. Doing those puzzles in that level, energy, food, sleep deprivation. Again, very different thing. No strikes against her puzzle queen reputation, fully deserved. Yes, the Sudoku is very easy when you just pull it up on your computer. I do a lot of Sudokus these days. Uh, I'm very into them. And so it was easy for me. I, I forget which account. I apologize. I will I will link to it potentially in the show notes below here to give them credit. But uh, one of the other great challenge podcasts tweeted out during the episode. They'd screenshotted and rebuilt the Sudoku so you can do it online if you want. And yes, it's a fairly easy Sudoku when you're just sitting on your computer fully fed and fully rested and everything else. In their circumstances, it is not. So champion in my heart, not in the record book. And that's just a damn shame. But Norris, the absolute queen in the face of the challenge franchise. Now, finally, our champion, Emmanuel, and he is a deserving one at that. I am sick and tired, and I knew this would also be coming no matter who won in this. Um, but, you know, we've had for weeks now that whole undeserving bullshit narrative storyline uh, talking point take hold across the challenge fandom. I don't want to hear it. He's a deserving champion. He's probably not who production wanted to win in, in the beginning. He probably wasn't super duper high on their list. Maybe, I don't know. But he is a deserving champion, and I don't want to hear any reason other. This whole, just the whole not deserving crowd can F off. It's a full not just a full season. It's a very long season. There was like 20 dailies or some bullshit like that. There was just as many eliminations and there was all kinds of random ways you could have gotten eliminated. We saw again, the, 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 we were at a point like five or six weeks ago where I gave my power rankings that were pretty, pretty much everyone had the same ones across the fandom. All right. It was Horacio, Kylan, Ed, Raven, and Zara were like kind of floating above everyone. And they all found a random way to lose, okay? Or just a straight-up way to lose in the elimination in three of their uh, stances. But two of them just random purge on a random thing. There's so many ways to lose this season. It was a full-blown season. It counts the same as any other. Now, he didn't come in with any obvious alliance, friendship. He had a couple specific people, but it wasn't like he was the one that came in with this, like, Based on this cast, I am set up for a lot of success here. It was, he wasn't set up in that way, but he came in and re quickly realized those two individuals, them being Jay and Michelle, are that's who I need to befriend, that's who I need to be really loyal to, need to ride with them so hard that I slowly move up their leaderboard till I'm right near the tippy top of their alliance because they are clearly going to run this game. And he saw that and he was able to manipulate that and make that happen. Gets a lot of credit for that. He overcame, for gosh sake, he overcame being BFFs with Berna in a challenge house for like three months. You know how hard that is to not catch some shrapnel of just being Berna's best friend in a challenge house where she's causing all this drama and all this friction. That's a very hard thing to navigate and to do. And yes, he avoided eliminations the entire time. That's part of the game. That's how everyone wants to play the game. That is how many a great champion have done it before. It is not a concern for me that he didn't win an elimination. He, he's won in a couple eliminations before on his last season. He, you know, performed incredibly well on his prior season. And he smoked this final. If this was timed, it would not have been close. He won essentially every single stage across both days. Just over and over and over. 
first place, first place, first place, a little bit faster, a little bit faster, a little bit faster, over and over and over. And he's someone who I would have came in saying, fantastic athlete, fantastic competitors, you know, stud, the running stuff, no problem. Anything athletic, no problem. Strength stuff, he'll be fine. He's just big enough. The whole thing I would have said, wrote on, can he do puzzles though? And can he do puzzles on his own in math and stuff on his own? And he won a final that was very puzzle heavy, extremely puzzle heavy. Five puzzles plus the blocks thing in that final little bit. That is really what it all came down to. Yes, he got that little bit of a lead. I don't know. Maybe it was a lot of a bit of a lead. Hard to tell on the long swim that they had to do to start the last portion. But he's a beast. He proved it athletically, mentally, the whole thing, socially, every every aspect of it. He proved it both seasons he's been on. And he's a deserving champion. And I feel really great that someone who the money truly is life-changing for wins it, that that money, like we said last week, that money isn't, it's life-changing to different degrees. But if you're, if you live in the States, you know, it isn't necessarily life-changing. Like you're not quitting jobs. You're not, you're not retiring family members, anything like that in Romania to get his mom and his grandparents back in a good stable situation in Romania, that money goes a long way. And I'm really, I was really, really happy to see him get that. And I hope he really does use the majority of it to put his grandparents and his parents in a very good, you know, much better situation, give them a great life. And on that note, no more letters from home. I take back what I said last week. I liked the letters from home instead, scrap it, have the family there at the finish line. I liked the winning moment. It was very nice. It was very wonderful. I did get a little choked up because again, I just felt I I could I knew what that would do for multiple people in his life. And it just was a very nice moment. But it's a lot on TJ's shoulders to be standing out there in the middle of the ocean and just one-on-one with Emmanuel to like, you won. Like, let's go through the emotions. Let's, I'm the only one here for you to share this moment with. Um, is a little much. So Bring the families. Just have the families there. If everyone is in the final, give them a little three-day vacation. Be like, hey, we're going to have you show up right at the end. You're going to congratulate your loved one when they cross the finish line. It would be amazing. It would be wonderful. Take that note for the future challenge producers out there. Now, can Emmanuel carry the franchise as one of the new champs that we have? Probably not, but maybe. I'm higher on this idea than others. Uh, Most are probably answering this no. He cannot. I think he does have a lot of personality and he's proven to be messy and dramatic. He's proven to be a little bit cocky at times, which can be fun or fun to hate on either way. It just comes back to, you know, I've got to be the asshole one final time, but I don't even think, I I think I'm being hard on myself by saying I'm the one being the asshole. It is a little bit of a language barrier still there that they're probably letting him know like, Hey, we would, we'd love to continue working with you on your English to be able, cause like to let that personality shine a little bit more on a television show that is English based, because that definitely was, you know, he's, he's, you know, speaks very well and, you know, speaks more or less fluent English and everything, but you could tell we don't get the full personality. I don't feel like, I, I feel like if I was able to speak to him in his native language, then uh, our first language that, 
we would get even more and we'd be like, this guy definitely could carry a show. Like he's got, he's got a lot going on here. He's got a great story. He's got a very messy story at times. Obviously do not condone the relationship uh, strategies that he employs um, or, you know, treatment that he employs in relationships and hookups and things like that. But he's messy. He's got a great story of the family. He's got personality. I think, I think there is just that little last bit of barrier of not being as comfortable with the language language as you know the those folks who are born and raised speaking english their whole lives i love by the way on that language point we for like the fourth or fifth time this season during the final we got to hear colleen pumping up berna in german and i love getting to hear those little moments where like yes this would be so much easier for them if if they all you know got to speak the language that they were most comfortable with maybe they'll all have you know apple vision pros on for next season or something and it live translates who knows but I think there's personality there. I think he could carry carry the franchise as strong, but I think he can be a very good cast member for multiple more seasons to come. And I do look forward to because I would. There's no way they're not what they're gonna. I mean, they did it to Jenny West, so who knows? Uh, they've invited her back once as an alternate, which was even is just so rude and lame. But you know, I don't think they're not inviting the champion back. So I think he's going to be there next season, any any future seasons here for the next few. And I look forward to him being thrown in as every elimination the next couple seasons because I definitely feel like the vets are going to come in and be like, nah, doesn't count, bro. Get down there. You still got some things to earn. You still got some stripes to earn. We, you're the new champ. Okay, cool. Then we'll, you're a threat. Go in there. I think he's going to get treated Partially as far as alliances and getting picked on and thrown into eliminations go by some vets on future seasons. And I'm kind of into the idea of maybe he does a Wes on the ruins type run of like, I'm just going to go in every time. Okay. And I win two or three. And then I try to broker a deal to just get to skip one and eventually lose, you know, after three, four, five, whatever, that would be very entertaining and interesting. Again, I don't condone some of the relationship decisions he made, certainly on this season, certainly across this house, but I can certainly still feel happy for him and glad uh, to call him a full-blown deserving challenge champion. Now for the quick awards, best quote from this episode. Look, TJ and Corey, their entire back and forth. You all know how I feel about quitters. Nobody's quitting. Bro, it's not that high. It's a little baby hill. Get your ass up here. You're not quitting on this. Not on my watch. This is not happening. This is nothing. What happens if I get stuck? Will you come and save me? Yes, I will come and save you. All of it is fantastic. TJ gets the quote of the week with an assist from Corey, but all of the quitting talk from TJ. Fantastic, fantastic. Speaking of which, best moment, Norris letting Colleen know that she effed up, never switching sides as she sabotages her was just unbelievable what a star what a star just knows how to make every moment the most entertaining and best it could be tj and uh cory the quitter moment of course is nominated emmanuel's win in that final run across again i'm a sucker for the for the break walls a beautiful setting for the for the end again family should have been there someone other than tj just it makes it tough when it's just him and tj but love that moment and then cory versus the balance beam the little funny montage of music they did was pretty funny and pretty entertaining, but overall, TJ and Corey's quitter moments, probably the moment of the episode. As for the MVP, TJ gets a spot, Berna gets a vote, Emmanuel gets votes, obviously, Corey gets some votes, but Norris is the MVP yet again. She brought it for sure. Uh, it was a lot on Norris and Corey's shoulders this episode of just, can you guys narrate this and explain everything that you had to do, but try to make it fun. And, you know, they, they did, they did a great job just being narrators for the entire episode, but 
those two gave us a good amount. Norris gave us a hell of a performance in second place. Champion in my books. MVP of this episode and many before it. And maybe, probably, possibly, we'll see next week the MVP of the season. We will see who gets crowned with that award when we give it out along with all of the other season-length awards next week when we are back. Because obviously, no power ranks, no predictions to discuss here or now. So that'll wrap it up. B-Fank episode 19 in the book. B-Fank in the book, Sands the Reunion, which we'll touch on in the coming weeks. Back next week again with season recap and awards. We'll do a reunion, kind of recap the following week. We'll hit challenge home turf. We'll do some other kind of historical type of stuff. Maybe we'll give you some top 10 lists of different items. Maybe we'll start pumping out some short form content, mixing those into a podcast. We'll fill the time between seasons one way or the other, but come back one more time. I know it's already been 20 weeks, but one more time, maybe two more times to talk a little battle for a new champion. Hats off to Emmanuel. Congrats to him. Hats off to Norris. Congrats to her for being our new favorite queen of the challenge. And in a lot of our books, a challenge champion herself. Thank you all for being here. Love you. Appreciate you. Until next week. Peace.